you from the City Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are fortunate to have April Meese join us in the booth. She is a business coach in the PMU world. She actually has a background in marketing. She worked for a big spa a while back, did that for quite a few years, then got interest in PMU and got her license and became a permanent makeup artist and then... More recently, in the last, I think, five years or so, moved into business coaching. She's actually a lot like us guys, except for she has a lot more background in marketing. And so, anyhow, we're excited to meet her or have her on the show. I actually met her in the clubhouse. If you guys, you've probably heard me talk about the clubhouse. Great place to meet new people, hear new ideas, and connect with people even outside of our industry and all that. And that's what we did. And one of the things that was kind of cool is we once we got talking, we said, hey, how about you be on my podcast? And she said, well, you can be on mine too. And we said, great, we'll cross-promote each other and help build up our audiences. And that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk about partnerships, how you can grow your business through partnerships. And April has a lot of great things to throw in there and let you guys think about. So get your pens and papers and whatever else you do to take notes. And hopefully you'll get some great ideas you can take out and use in your business. But before we do all that, let's do a few quick announcements. As you know, we're doing our Apple podcast promotion, where if you write a review and you screenshot it on an Apple podcast, that is, and you screenshot it and send it to Paul at lashcastpodcast.com. We will enter you into a drawing for our $200 Amazon gift card. So stop the podcast right this whole second and go do that. Thank you. Also, we have the coolest club in the world, the Lashcast Insider Club. This club is all about giving you value. Um, if you sign up, just go in the show notes or the Instagram. You can go to the link in the bio, and you can sign up for that. You will get discounts to LashCon, to our webinars, to our upcoming coaching programs, and anything else that we do, guys, is the best club. I know. I'm saying a lot there, and it's the best Lash Club. How about that? Also, guys, we want to interview you guys for our podcast, so if you have something to say, a story, something you love, something you're passionate about, and you want to let the world know about it, please email me your idea at paul at lashcastpodcast.com, and who knows? Maybe you'll get interviewed here, or maybe we'll interview you on Clubhouse. We're doing that, too, and we'll get try to get, we're trying to get as many new faces in here as possible. Now that we're doing two a week, we got more time to sell, right, so to speak. Also, guys, we have our Lash Allergy course, which is coming out real soon, as well as LashCon tickets in May. And lastly, our Tustin's Lash Retention and Styling course is coming on May 22nd, 23rd. Those ticket sales should be up any day now. All right, guys, that's all our announcements, guys. Let's get into this talk where in April, Tustin was AOL because she wasn't feeling good. But April and I carried the torch, and we sit down and talk about how you can grow your business through partnerships. We are here in the LashCast studios, and we're excited to have a guest from the PMU world. Her name is April Meese. She is a permanent cosmetic and microblading artist who is also a beauty marketing strategist who offers both online courses, a group coaching program called Elevate Your Beauty Business, as well as one coaching and is host of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. We're excited to have her on. I actually met her in Clubhouse. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, she's a fellow podcaster, so having a fellow podcaster is always like a little extra special for us. We, we yeah. it feels really kind of like we're with friends here, so it's really cool. Even though we barely gotten to know each other, she's actually a fellow Californian, and uh, we met in the clubhouse. Like I said, I think about a month ago, right? Yep, met on Clubhouse, and then and Clubhouse is making all of these connections. Yeah. It's so amazing. 
Um, and so now, yeah, this Here is how are. partnerships begin. Yes, that's right. Collaborations, <laughs> right? So collaborations, uh, exactly. Yeah, and partnerships is what we're going to be talking about today, guys. One of the things that you know we've talked about this a little bit, but I really felt like. When I talked to April, like, what should we cover? She said, well, this is something that she's really passionate about. And I feel like it's actually going to be something really helpful. So as I probably talked about in the, in the setup for all this, it's all about finding ways to help you think a little bit bigger and broader about partnerships so that you can grow your business. Because there's so many pathways when it comes to growing your business. And one of the things that I say you need to do is you need to have more than one pathway. You don't just create one or two. You know, you got your Instagram, you got your website. You want to have multiple pathways. So less work for you. Once they're all set up and running, you can have many ways to draw clients into your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that most people just think of one way to grow their business, which is social media. And there are many ways, right? There are many roads that lead to Rome, as they say, right? Exactly. So we're going to get into that. But before all that, one thing I need to let everyone know, unfortunately, Tusney was going to be here, but she's a little under the weather. So she had to step out. So you're going to just get me solo doing one-on-ones and now she's I think that'll be still fine. I think April will, will survive just having me in the room here and interviewing her. But secondly, I want to first start off with a little bit of background about you, April, so that people kind of know who you are and, you know, what you do and all that. Yeah. So first and foremost, I am a mom to twin girls. And I also started my journey into the beauty industry as a marketing I worked in the marketing consulting area and then worked in the marketing department for the Cooper Spa Institute. So if you know the Cooper Spa in Dallas, Texas, um, Dr. Cooper invented aerobics, the word aerobics, oh, and wow. that's a very big institute. Yes. And then from that, then became an esthetician. And that was in 2001, became an esthetician and then also became a permanent makeup artist in 2005. I also did eyelash training for a while, but I was never really good at it. I wasn't (laughs) fast enough at it. And my passion was really in the permanent makeup industry. And so from there, I worked for a dermatologist and his name is Dr. Dennis Gross in New York City. And then in 2008, as many will remember, the economy crashed. And I got let go, as most of the staff did. And so I was going through a really hard time. I was also battling with infertility at that time. And I was starting my business. And I decided, like, how can I do this? It was, you know, hitting the ground, kind of like how it is now. That things had shifted in the world. It was a really weird time to start a business. But I was super motivated. And I tried all of the normal strategies. And what I found was what I call the amplify method. And the A stands for authority. The M stands for marketing and the P stands for positioning. Hmm. And that's now what I teach um, my students. And, you know, I realized, okay, this works. I was able to grow that business to a successful six figure business while only working three days a week because I had twin girls. So I had IVF, (laughs) spoiler (laughs) alert. Um, I, I had the children, but then I had the second concern of balancing it all. And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves, right? They're the two resources, time and money. They're trying to make their business work and they're trying to grow their business. And they're still kind of stuck with these two limited resources for a lot of people. Um, And so that's why I had to be resourceful and come up with the Amplify method that I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about one part today. Great. This is something that I mentioned recently on the podcast that there have been multiple surveys done in the industry over the last few years where they talk about how much money people make. The average lash artist, like 80, I think 70, 80% or some insane number, make less than $30,000 a year, which is crazy. Yes, wow. And it means that 
there might be an intentionality behind that. Some of them might be saying, I only work two days a week, kind of like you were saying. I just take a few clients. I just do on the side because I have my kids. I work maybe a job somewhere else. And I just do this for fun. But then there are a lot of them out there just struggling. They just can't find that way to amplify probably and to push themselves beyond this very small pond that they're playing in to get more clients. So I think today, hopefully for those of you out there that are like, man, yeah, I'm one of those people. I want more clients. I want to find more ways to get more pathways into my business because I'm tired of just scraping by. I really want to start making some real money in this because I hear about all these people making five, you know, six digits and all that, but that's not me. And so hopefully today yeah. we'll get into a little bit. Of that. Obviously, you have a marketing background, which I think is very rare. I mean, in our industry, most, most people are you're like self-taught and don't really know a lot about marketing or just kind of learning as they go or Instagram. They think the only thing when they think of marketing is Instagram. <laughs> so it's like, it's a little broader yeah. than that. So I think this is exciting to have you come on and share because you're going to have a little bit, I think more of a bigger picture than a lot of people probably think about. So let's get into it first and talk about what was partnering like a business look like when we say that, I mean, a lot of people probably have in their mind what they're doing. So before we get into what, how to do it, maybe we should describe what is partnering with our business. Cause there may be, I'm going to guess it's a pretty broad, big picture that we can paint here. Yeah. So first of all, let me say that I had that marketing background, but then when it's your money, <laughs> right, and your business, and also, you know, trying to be really cutting corners from being off work for a while after being let go, it's different because we all have our own limiting beliefs. We all have our own little self-talk and it's different when you're spending money for another company, when it's your budget, <laughs> you're a little more. So I knew what to do, but I was a little nervous to do it. So what does partnering look like? So I always say when you're attracting an audience, when you're attracting clients, you can build, buy, or borrow. Mm -hmm. So build is what most people go to, right? Build it from scratch. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be your traditional social media, putting yourself out there, you know, your SEO, things like that to get found. Organic reach, you'd call that, right? Organic reach. Okay. Exactly. Right. And then buy is going to be just like we know, it's going to be paid ads, right? Mm -hmm. And then borrow is what we're talking about today. So borrowing is when you borrow authority. So you're borrowing that audience of ideal clients, right? So you're going, you're, you're being strategic in your partnership because you want to find someone who has your ideal clients already. So they've done the hard work. They've gathered that group of beauty buyers, right? And now they've won them over because they already have that trust and that authority and you're getting that transfer of trust and authority. So many times these clients are already pre-sold on you and your services because you're being recommended by somebody else they trust. So we've all heard that trusted referrals, like a friend, a referral from a friend, that they're, you know, nine times more likely to buy. But when it is of a, an authority, like a dermatologist or a beauty specialist, that they really value their opinion, then they're also more likely to refer you to their friends because they are backed by this other beauty referral. So they'll say, for example, my dermatologist recommends her mm -hmm. or my um, hairstylist recommends her. So it's not just them. It's like coming from another source as well. And so, right. So we want to have these partnerships and it's obviously relationships take work, a little bit of work. But for me, it was always an easier way not to say you wouldn't do the others as well. You would still do your social media and do your building and you might even do a little bit of paid, but the borrow was always the way for me to go. 
No, I love that. I think that's the first thing I remember when you said that. I think you mentioned this in the clubhouse. I wrote it down. I said, that's a great way to look at it because I think most people focus on just finding or building, right? That's probably, I'm going to bet most of our listeners, that's 95% of what they're doing right now. And a few are trying maybe poorly paid ads. Because <laughs> again, that takes some skill. Learning to write an ad, to, write, to hook people in, to get them to want to click on you. And especially if you're a lash artist and you're selling a new set for two, three, four hundred dollars that's a kind of a high price item for someone not knowing you, clicking and buying. They may be hesitant to jump into that. It's a cold lead and it takes more trust to build that. But man, what we always call this third-party validation, we always felt, man, third-party validation is like was always the best way for us to grow our business. When we had our salon, we were really big on getting out there and getting not just clients and other partnerships like we're going to talk about, but we also did the PR thing where we get newspapers, magazines, and also Yelp, which a lot of people hate, but we found Yelp was our best friend. And we got this third-party validation because these people would all talk us up and we're not saying it. Anyone says, hey, I'm the best lash artist. Everyone's like, of course you are. Everyone thinks they're the best lash artist. But when everyone else is saying you're the best lash artist, Okay, that's a different thing. And now people are going to begin to start going, you know, they're going to go, wait a minute, I should pay attention now because I keep hearing your name <laughs> like from yeah. everywhere. So, and the beauty industry, we are in the trust business. We're working on people's faces. And so if there's a higher level of trust than just buying a widget or just buying something like a t shirt or something. It's, it's a higher level um, of not just, price, but also trust because it is on their face. Yeah. We always said you're only as good as your last pair of lashes. And as soon as you did a bad set, the trust is gone. Like it's not like you're going to get a lot of time to make it up. Sometimes you do, but man, there's times where we lost someone like women that client's been with us for four years. And then something went wrong with a staff member. The the appointment didn't go well. And then all of a sudden that client's like, I'm done. And you're like, there you go. Trust is gone. We broke trust and we do everything we could to make it up. But sometimes, you know what? Once is all it takes, especially now when I feel like everyone and their dog does lashes or PMU. There's It's everywhere now. There are so many people, so many options that people are more willing to you know what? My friend has been bugging me about this other gal. You know what? I'm going to give her a try now, <laughs> which is by yeah. way, another partnership there, right? <laughs> so someone else is <laughs> borrowing off of you. But um, so anyhow, trust it. You're right. Trust is the thing we tr- uh, trade. And I realized that I tried to tell our followers, our listeners, really, you got to remember that is the key. That's your currency that you're giving back and forth. And the moment that trust is gone, whether it's between your staff or between you and your clients, you're going to start finding problems. So, all right. So that's, so partnering is in the big picture. That's what is, what does it look like? Like, who do you like to partner with? And with your business, did you have certain people that you were like your ideal partners? Yeah. So for me, it was always dermatologists because they already have beauty buyers that are spending a little bit more money. Right. They're doing and I'm talking about like the not your general dermatologist for your mole removal, but the dermatologist that's doing the fillers, the lasers, right, that type of clientele. So when you look at them, when you talk to them about buying lashes, that is not going to be expensive to them because they already see the importance of investing in their looks. Right. So dermatologist and also your high end salons. The same thing, if they're getting the cut color and balayage and they're spending $1,000, you know, walking out the door every four weeks, they're not worried about the cost of lashes because they're already spending that. And so they understand the value, right? So those are going to be your ideal partnerships. But then there are a lot of 
partnerships with people that you might not think of, right? So knowing your ideal clientele. So if your ideal client, I call them your very best client, is someone that is into yoga and a juice shop, you know, partnering with them by saying, hey, you want to run a promotion or can I put some cards here or just a little, that's that's a different type of partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a mommy and me group, right? If you serve a lot of moms that are busy on the go, right? That, that would be a different type of partnership. So there partnerships can take a variety of forms, but the ones that work best for me were always the high-end salons or spas that didn't offer the services that I was offering. Also, believe it or not, even if, so for the lash artists, if they want to partner with a solo um, permanent makeup artist, Hmm. right? These are two complementary businesses. They'll say, I'll send you my permanent makeup clients to get lashes and, you know, vice versa. You send me your lash clients to get their eyebrows or eyeliner done. So those there's small partnerships and then there's bigger partnerships, but, but definitely looking at first where your ideal clients are. And and start with that. Yeah, uh, got, that's a lot of good stuff. In fact, I think we partnered with a dermatologist ourselves. Even though we are lashes, we had someone that we. It's weird, but when you're in the beauty space, people are always asking you for who should I go to and all that. So we would have referrals for dermatologists, for ophthalmologists, for plastic surgeons, all that type of stuff, and then they would obviously partner back with us. So we actually got a lot of people from the plastic surgery side of things because again, they're always looking at their eyes. And when a doctor would see their eyes, sometimes he, a couple of the doctors we knew would be like, no, I think I know someone who can do a better job than that. They'd say it nicely, but whatever they did, they would just refer because they saw a lot of train wrecks, at least in the last world. So they would, when they see that, they would find a way and just pass on the card and say, you know what? Next time you want to get lashes, why don't you try this person? This person's fantastic. And I know you'll love yes. them. And like you said, if they're going to plastic surgeons, money's not the issue for them. They, these people yeah. are about status. They're about getting the best and they want to look good. So a little extra money is not a big deal. They're not worrying about getting the cheapest deal on the block. That's right. Another thing I know for us, um, one thing that we did is we did try to partner with some salons. And one of the things we had to make sure that we did is to do a little research, make sure they don't have a lash stylist to work in their salon. You don't want to yes. make this really bad phone call and be like, hey, I want to partner with you. And they're like, dude, man, I got like three lash stylists in the back working right now. What are you talking about? Why would I refer anyone to you? You are the enemy to them, and now you've just kind of insulted them. So you may just – that doesn't take a lot of work. Just go online, look at their website. If they don't have lashes, that's then probably a safe bet you can probably ask. And then also for us, I thought found out what you kind of hinted at about the working out. stuff so like gyms for testing, when she first started in 2006, she joined the most expensive gym in our area in Pasadena and basically hung out there and offered the, the trainers, some of the trainers, a lot free lashes. Because in 2006 – no one knew what extensions were. They're like, I don't know. Why would I want lashes? Well, just trust me. Once you get them, you will love them. We always joke that, you know, once you try them, you're, you're, it's like crack. You're addicted. You can't stop. That's right. So we just have to get you in that first time, even if it was free. And so she would give the gym trainers stuff. And then they would be up there, you know, cycling, doing their thing. And the other gals would be like, wow. I mean, this is back in the days when lashes were so minimal. But even then, it made an impact. People would be like, wow, you look different or something's really amazing. So, well, that's my girl right there on the bike, number five. She's uh, she's a lash stylist. She'd go book with her. And Destiny would wave. (laughs) And then they would come in and see her. So gyms were a great place for her. And as well as um, we had a nonprofit called NCL, National Charity League, which was kind of a sorority for older women and their daughters. <laughs> and it was like a great place to connect, but all super upper scale, you know, very much her ideal client. 
because she's there and you introduce yourself and once people know what you do, if you say you do beauty, all these women are like, oh my gosh, I need to get money and see, see you. And like, it was very easy to just pull these people in without any work other than showing up once every month for a, t- a group meeting or something like that. So yeah, there are women, small business organizations. Yep. There's women, women realtors always want to look their best. Yeah. So they have a certain image that they're trying to portray, right? So they want to show up and look good all the time, especially if they're going out on calls, you know, left, right, and center. So that they want to look a certain way and they're ready to pay it. They have the means to pay it. So yeah, realtors are great. Actually, we had thought, we never tried this. I don't know if you ever thought of something like this. We actually came to this idea because realtors obviously are always bringing new people into town, right? So new people are moving in. They're setting up shop in a new home. So they don't have any connections often with anyone. They're like brand new to the area. And we always thought, man, it would be really cool to give a welcome packet where the realtor would say, I, but as part of their thing that they hand out to people, it's like, hey, by the way, if you want a lash stylist, here is a local lash stylist who's offering you a great deal as part of your welcome package as a realtor. I don't know if realtors would love that. I'm assuming, hey, anything they give away that makes them look cool would be a good idea, but that's something we always want to try. We just never needed to do it. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you totally nailed it because remember that this is, they're giving a gift. So we always think like, oh, I wouldn't want to bother them. But if you are giving them, you know, a gift to say, here's, you know, $25 off or something like that, they like to do that because that looks good for them. Yeah. You're making them look good. And I think one of the things for us with partnerships is do not approach a partnership with what you get from it, but what you can give them. And if you're thinking that way, then you're going to be thinking a little bit more, I think, uh, a promising because uh, you're gonna be like, hey, I can bring this to you. What do you think? And they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, you're giving me that? Well, then let me help you, right? It's gonna be a reciprocated response, which I think we often are afraid people don't like that, I guess. I don't know what it is that we don't do that, but it's something they would love. Yeah, I go in with that same, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, his yeah. motto. I mean, the book is jab, 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 right hook, but the idea is give, 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 ask. And so I go in with that same idea of just, you know, really pour into those relationships and it will come back to you. Yeah. Like give like 80% of the time be giving. I think he says 80, 20, but maybe it's 90, 10. I don't know. Whatever it is, <laughs> just give more than you take, right? If you give more, you're going to win. If you're always asking, 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 you're going to wear everyone out. Eventually everyone's going to be like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I've had it. Yeah. I'll move yeah. on. Now, how do you go about partnering with a business? Like if you're looking to partner, I mean, just call them up, do you email them? I mean, how did you find for you ways that are really successful doing that? Yeah. So know that you, I always look at this in terms of your connections, kind of the way you would look at prospect, uh, prospective clients, right? You have your hot, warm, and cold. So your hot connections are going to be those that you know personally, your own hairstylist, your own dermatologist. You definitely know them. You're going to know their business. They've seen you. Those are That's your low-hanging fruit. Those are the easiest ones to get in the door, obviously, because you're regularly walking in the door <laughs> and, you know, you're, get, you're paying them money. They like it. <laughs> you're, right. You know, you're going to talk to them and you have that bond with them, but, you know, also see, make sure that you do like their business, right. And that you do want to partner with them. Cause as I said before, this is a relationship and, you know, it's not always made in heaven. It takes some work. Then your second is going to be your warm connection. So maybe this is your sister goes to that hairstylist, you know, across town, or I've even had clients that have introduced me, you know, to clients. I had one client that said, Hey, you know, you were on Dr. Oz show. Dr. Chappas is my dermatologist. She was on Dr. Oz show. I think you guys would have something in common. Let me connect you. And it, to me, it was random. She made that connection 
that we were both had something in common and that she could connect us that way. Hmm. So then Dr. Ann Chapa is, um, is a dermatologist who has a laser center and became a great referral partner for me. Uh, so that's going to be like a warm where somebody is going to connect you. And then cold is where you obviously have no connection. No one's going to help you with that outreach, but it's a business you admire. Maybe it's an influencer that you admire. So I call them authority referral partners, authority because they're kind of already known in the community, but it could even be like a local influencer. And it doesn't have to be somebody that has 100,000 followers. It could be just that mom blog in your city that people are engaged, they listen to, and she's got, you know, 30,000 followers who are super big fans. And then, you know, you're going to talk to her about partnering with her. So look at that warm Uh, hot, warm, and cold audiences and kind of go from there. It's easier to start with your warm and kind of get your jitters out first. (laughs) And then, and kind of like what you said, Paul, where you're not going to propose on the first date. That's super spammy. Nobody wants it, right? So they're going to be like, whoa. And I think that's what happens is anytime we are worried about rejection or putting ourselves out there, we kind of go back to our teenage years. And I think of me with the braces and the glasses and I get all kind of weird, like I want them to like me. And then (laughs) we kind of give them all the reasons they should like us. And we kind of just like, here I am, instead of just saying, you know, first of all, connecting with them, I actually have a framework. I call it, it's called the collaboration framework, but it's a five C's. So you're going to connect You're then going to compliment them. So you're going to find something that you truly admire about their business and be genuine about that. Really do a little bit of research. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to find common ground. So do you serve the same clientele? The great thing is, and, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but COVID is the common ground for most people now, right? right. So if you had nothing to connect with about connect with before, you can say, listen, you're a small business. I'm a small business. I know it's hard after COVID. Let's promote each other's businesses, right? So that's an easy common ground. But then after you found that, after you've complimented them, connected compliment, common ground, you're then the fourth, you're going to convey your value. Yeah. So then you can talk about your value and what you bring to the table after you've already talked about them. You've probably heard this before that everybody is tuned into the radio station WIIFM, which is <laughs> what's in it for me. Yeah, always. They want to know what's in it for them. So you're going to talk to them about them. And then you're going to talk to them about you. And then you're going to collaborate that relationship and, and move forward from there. So. That's great. That's a great framework. Take those notes, guys. Think about it and then apply it to you. Find what it is that you can connect. Find those little ways. And I, I think for us, when we did stuff, we would often come in and just offer to give someone free lashes. That's what we did with a lot of these. Like a doctor, I mean, doctor's offices are hard because they're really wired. The front desk is a strong gatekeeper with the sole purpose to keep you away from the doctor. That's what they're designed for. And that's why I think that hot lead is best with any doctors, you dermatologists going into a plastic surgeon that you don't know. And I know this is what Tusney did when she first started and because she wanted a partner. She just knew plastic surgeons would be such an ideal client. And yeah, the first couple were kind of rude. They just, you know, like, no, get out of here. What? No, we don't need people like you. And then finally one person, and what she did is she actually came in, she dressed professional. She actually brought in some cookies for the front desk and just said, I'm stopping by to introduce myself, leave my card here. I want, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing and, you know, compliment the staff. And then I remember she just said, you know, I love to talk to you know, Dr. Whatever his name, actually Dr. Stout, someone we now partner with all the time. But, you know, we'd love to um, help support him and bring him clients and see if there's any way that we could support you. Because you know, she basically said, look, 
I have clients who have allergic reactions. I have clients who have sensitivities and I need someone that I can refer them on a regular basis. Well, that's money to a doctor. So at that point, he's like, huh, you're bringing some value to me. Maybe I'll take that call now the next time she checks in. But she had to warm him up first by just stopping by, dropping off cookies and being sweet and then walking away and not pressing them either. But just short and sweet. Don't sit around. Don't be difficult. And just leave a very good impression so next time you reach out, they might actually let you go through. <laughs> so Yeah, because people guard their time. So if you're just showing up saying, here, I want to take your time and yeah. you haven't sent a letter or an email or, you know, even a message, you know, DM'd or something, you haven't made that connection, then you should go in thinking this is just going to be a hello. I'm not going to take their time right now, right? Don't kind of press it. You know, you have to be sensitive to do that. Yeah, no, it's great. In fact, I was just looking at, I'm going, no, what? actually, I think Tusney did everything you said. She connected. She usually came and complimented them. Common ground. It was like, I have clients who need a doctor, which is what you guys take care of. And then she conveyed the value of how they'll make money off of basically her clientele and all that. And then later didn't hit him up for collaboration then, but just hopefully set the thing up. So anyhow, that's, that's really good. I love that. It's a great framework to work with. And hopefully you can probably take that same framework and just identify and go to a hairstylist. How do you do with the hairstyles? How do you do it with the gym? How do you do it with the name, your, whatever your target? Like I, we never did this, but we always had looked at high end type of clothing stores in the past year, some of these little boutique places. And we never needed to do this, but we said, if we got a place where we need more referrals, we said, well, we'll just go in there meet with the sales clerk and say, you know what? We want to give you lashes because you know what? Your clients come in here, buy these $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 items all the time. I'm sure these people would love our services. And if you look great, then a natural referral program can be set up. I guess that let's look into that. Let's talk about, I don't know, have you ever set up anything like referral programs or anything like that? Or how would you go approach that? Yeah, so I have a whole system and framework that we teach for that as well. And I just wanted to say before I forget, there could be, just to what you're saying, there could be a personal shopper for Nordstrom's, a personal shopper for Bergdorf Goodman, any of these, any stylists, things like that, right? They're going to, they're in the business of helping people look good, especially for corporate. And so that would be a great side partnership. So I think when you first make a list of your top 25 people that you would like to connect with, I call it your dream 25, and then really start to expand on that list because you'll see that there's even more. You know, there, there might be a, a wig maker for somebody that, you know, just came through chemo and now is, you know, starting to grow lashes back or, you know, there are lots of places where you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. So I think the first thing is, like I said before, that that last part of the framework is to collaborate with them and find what's going to work best for them. Some people want direct compensation. We might call that like an affiliate program. Like there are several people in the industry where they'll promote my, my, you know, course or my business. And then they get a small, like it basically I would a comp, right. They would get a little fee for that. Right. Other times like the bigger spas and the dermatologists, they were not concerned about a small fee here and there. In fact, it made it harder to track. And I mean, we might've started with something like that in the beginning. And then they were like, let's just forget about that. I'll send you clients. I know my clients are going to be in good hands. And then what would happen was when, when they would send that client to me, let's just say they had permanent eyebrows, and then they would go back to that dermatologist raving about it. The dermatologist would then again, see my work. So for, you know, the people listening, they're going to see your lashes, right? They're going to see your work and see that it's good. So that's further proof. And they know that their clients and their patients are happy. So they, they're happy about that. So then you would probably move away from the compensation and it's more just like, 
having a partnership on let's connect and see how we can refer each other's businesses and promote and sometimes even collaborate on like a spring promotion together, right? So maybe you do a Mother's Day special, whereas I was saying before, the lash artist is going to partner with the permanent makeup artist and they're going to put together a package, you know, I'll put in this, you put in this, we're going to package it together and that's how we're going to promote it. Yeah, I think things like pop-up shops, like I know that we at one point back with our salon had looked to do a pop-up in a major, I won't say who, company, and they were going to have us come in and just do a real light set of lashes because we can't do a full set like in to an hour, you know, but like short appointments so their clients can do that. And just it just get added value to their store. It was like, wow, this is added value. We weren't going to do anything more than we just show up, we do lashes and we walk away and we get, maybe get a few clients. And for them, it's like special event, just makes it like a party, something new, something fresh in there. So it's not necessarily a, a money transaction between both parties, but we're giving them value and we're possibly winning over some of their clients to our thing. Another place too, I've seen this, because um, I worked in the hotel world like way back when I was like, really young, like five. And so I was working the hotel front desk and I worked next to the concierge. I worked at Shutters in Santa Monica. So really nice hotel. I was amazed how much money and how well concierges do because everything's all kickbacks for them. They don't recommend anything unless they get something out of it. And so we never, again, we're right near um, a very big, um, my mind just went blank, the Huntington it's not the Huntington anymore. It's another name for the hotel, but it's it's like the it's like a Ritz. And this hotel is uh, has a concierge. And if we felt like if we got to the point where we could take same day appointments, we always said we'll go down there, meet with the concierge, and say, look, I know you probably get people coming in who are like, hey, I need to go out tonight before I want to get my lashes or my makeup or something. And you know what? You can probably land a great um, last second class. Now you need to have those openings because every every time they call you, you're like, uh, I don't have any openings. They're not going to start calling you. But if you're in a type of place that has a large staff or maybe you have gaps here and there, you could work with a concierge. You just have to work a deal out and know that they're expecting you to take care of them. And that would probably be more monetary, not it wouldn't be just good favors like that. I mean, they're in the money business. That's what hotels are about. But that said, that's another partnership maybe a lot of people don't realize that might be in their backyard. They can just work with a local hotel and they might find themselves landing some new clients. They're not permanent usually because they're out of towners, but damn, who knows? Get a couple clients a week. That's not bad. Yeah. Be flexible, right? That's how we have to be in business and be clear with your communication because expectations are just future disappointments. If you're not, (laughs) if if you're thinking like, okay, this is how it's going to be. And you haven't expressed it, that what you're wanting and how it, how, what it looks like in your mind for this partnership, then then it's easy to then, as they say, throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say, oh, this doesn't work. Because I, I often find beauty professionals that will say to me, oh, well, I had, you know, someone that would send, I had a hairstylist that would send me a person here or there. That's nice. But that's not the type of partnerships that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a consistent source of clients coming in, not just like sprinkled here and there, because you wouldn't be able to really keep a business going with just a client here or there. We're talking about you know, having several referral partners. So they're consistently sending you people. Yeah, no, definitely. For you, what type of partnerships do you think aren't really the best? I mean, I don't know if you had any experiences with ones like, no, this is probably a place that's not really, that we might think is good, or maybe just, I mean, just for you personally, you found out what didn't work out well for you. Yeah, so two things I would say. One, you want to make sure, like we said before, that the business has a good reputation. You might see that they have a ton of followers, but then when you go and check the reviews, 
whether it is on Yelp. I mean, we have different feelings about Yelp, so they might have, <laughs> they might actually be a good business, but yep. Yelp is just showing their bad reviews. So we won't go there they on that. They haven't paid the mafia off. <laughs> yeah, so. we, we won't go through that. We won't open up that yeah. can of worms, but but really just really see like around town, what's the beat on the street, right? What are people saying? You know, ask a few clients like, hey, have you ever heard of this person or what do you think? So kind of get some feedback from your clients. I'm thinking about partnering with this. I always found this is, it's so interesting that somebody said this to me before, you have to ASK to GET, you have to ask to get, because a lot of times we think, oh, I don't want to bother. But here's the thing, people love, and I mean love, to give their opinions, Yes. Okay. That's why we have podcasts, by the way. (laughs) Yes. They love to give their opinions and they love to be helpful. So when you say like, I'm thinking about partnering with this hairstylist, or I'm thinking about doing, what are your, what are your thoughts? Or do you know anybody? They love to help you. So we think, oh, I don't want to bother them. Or I don't, you know, want to talk to my client about that, but you have to see, you know, what kind of relationship you have with a client. And there are some people that they would just love to tell you their opinions, give you the connection and help you with that. And so you can get an idea. So first of all, check the reviews, make sure it's a business that you really do want to partner with. And then also see, is the business promoting themselves? Because if they are not promoting themselves, it's probably not going to happen that they're going to promote you. So there might be a well-known dermatologist that's been in the area forever they're just known, everybody goes there, but they really, they're not on social media. They're not running any promotions. They're not reaching, they're not emailing their patients or clients. There's just no engagement. So it would be hard for them to really talk about your services if they're not able to talk about their own services. No, that's great. I love the idea of vetting people. And I think it's a great idea. If you're in a small community, which I know a lot of our last artists are, it's a small town. Everyone's going to know everyone. So if you're thinking about partnering with the local derm and you find out the guy's a prick, Whatever, like, yeah. I why would you want to partner with that? That's going to be residual non-glory that's coming to you. So you want to make sure you avoid that. So I think vetting's great, and also just all that was good stuff. One thing I was thinking about: Did you ever do contracts or anything like that when you did deals? Or because sometimes these things, you know, like you said, you may start out where you both you're paying them, and then you decide to go back to maybe just hey, as long as we're both referring back and forth, that's enough. I mean, did you ever put this in writing, or is it mostly verbal agreements? Yeah. So at the beginning, especially a lot of the the dermatologists or the higher end spas that are wanting to really have a contract. So yeah, we did have contracts. And again, there was all the mumbo jumbo legal lingo that I don't know. Right. So I always think that the contract is really just obviously to protect if something goes wrong and it's mostly going to be about finances. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're not paying, if that's on, if you said you were going to give them a fee, a commission, and you don't, then they have that in their back pocket. So that's where that would come into play. And obviously in business, it's a wise practice. To be honest with you, they would usually set up the contracts. A few of them had set up the contracts. Okay. So they had something they did. Yeah. That's something they did. I had um, somebody look over it. Once I got the contract, I didn't want to sign. There were actually, there was one time that I said, I'm not going to sign this. It's Hmm. too many pages. It's too restrictive. I have no clue what I'm even signing here. Even after <laughs> I have to actually spend money to have an attorney look over oh it my gosh. to tell to advise me on it. And there was, there was a possibility for a lot of clients. It was actually, it was a concierge association. So it was mm. all of the concierge oh, and in wow. New York city. That's there's a lot of them. Yeah. Like you tell me, yes. these are the people, I mean, I met these people in LA. In fact, one of our staff, their husband was a concierge and he's responsible for taking care of these all high-end clients, like private jets, 
all these high-end services and all that. Is that, that, that kind of world you're talking about? Yes. It's all of the concierge that take care of, you know, they could be from smaller hotels, but they're in this, okay. this organization, right? Yeah. And this association, exactly. So with the association, they wanted to make sure they were covering everything, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's. And to me, I was like, I didn't want to make a misstep and then be on this legal be hook liable, for something yeah. I yeah. yeah, I didn't even know about. And there was so much because anytime you're dealing with a large organization, not just a, a business, right? It's different like a, a dermatologist or a hairstylist, a big organization like that. Obviously, the potential was big, but to me, it just didn't outweigh it. So a lot of these partnerships are even on the small level. So you don't have to, you know, really use use your gut, use your judgment and decide whether you want to go down the road of putting together a contract. It's always good protection, yeah, yeah. but you might not need it. Yeah. Now, did you have any place? I mean, I know there's a bunch of places out there. You can go to Rocket Lawyer, you go to LegalZoom, and they, a lot of times, will have very standard contracts that you can just take and, and just fill in the blanks. And then they actually have people, for very cheap, actually, will review your contract just to make sure it's clean. And I think in this case, if you're going to do a contract, it's going to be very minimal. It's just going to say, you can write yourself. Say, I give you, you know, let's say, for every referral, I give you $50.00. And I'll pay you on this date, when and where and all that. And you can keep it just a one-page agreement that you sign. You can keep it as simple as that. It doesn't have to have all the boilerplate disclaimers that every legal document has where it says, this has to be litigated in the state of California. I don't think you need to have that. You're just making sure the terms are clear, right? You're just saying, I give you this. You give me this. Do we agree to that? Great. Now, if we have more problems, of course, then we can hire lawyers and sue each other for nothing. <laughs> that could even be written on a napkin. And as, both, as long as they're both signed, yes, absolutely. I have put together contracts myself that are just not super legal um, yeah. with all of the pages that were just kind of, let's. it's a document that we're both agreeing to and signing. So I've done that myself as well. Yeah, I think that would be better because at that point, you're just being clear. Like, this is what I'm giving you. That's what you're giving me. That way there's none of this. Like if they're expecting five clients a month, then you better make sure that you're delivering that. Otherwise they'll stop referring to you. I mean, whatever it is, you don't have to go out and get a legal lawyer for that type of stuff. Now, I don't know if you ever had this happen with any of your partnerships. Did you ever have one that went bad and you didn't know how do I get out of it? Like, what do I do when someone's not holding up their end of the bargain or the deal, I should say? Yeah. So when I was reaching out to connect with people at the beginning, they're excited, right? And so they're like, yes, I'm going to do it. And then sometimes, you know, they fall off and that's why it's important to follow up, right? The saying is expression is the fortune is in the follow-up. So you have to follow up with them. And this is where people, again, a lot of beauty professionals are like, oh, I don't want to bother them. We have all this ideas that we would be bothering them, yeah. right? Sometimes when you do connect with them, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called. I've been meaning to connect with you, but they just got busy or they, they also felt bad that they hadn't connected with you. So there's times where I wouldn't say it, it went wrong. It just didn't go right. Meaning it just didn't pan out. They said that they were going to refer people, but it just didn't really come together. And so, you know, you just have to let go. of. It's kind of like friendships, right? You have those friends that you think, oh, we're going to be besties forever. And then they get busy and your paths kind of separate and you just let it go. So. Yeah, and I think it just realized I mean, you don't have to be mean about it and just say, you know, sometimes things don't work out. That's no big deal. Play it down, I think. Be, you know, be cool about it and not be like, why didn't you do this to me? I'd say I'm done with you and I'm going to burn my photo. You're gone. You're dead to me. I don't think it has to be dramatic like that. I think we can just no. agree that, yeah, we thought it'd be a cool idea. It just didn't quite work out. 
But you do have to connect with them before you throw it away because you may, so if they agree to it, you had that initial connection, right? Just going back to that relationship analogy, there was a spark there to begin with, right? There There was love. (laughs) There was love. So there was something where they did say that they were going to refer. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they got busy. Maybe they didn't know how to talk to their clients about you. You know, marketing is really not just about awareness. It's about conveying the value of our services. So you have to give them the language so that they can talk about your services and really convey the value of your services. Because remember, that's not their world, right? Yeah. That's not, they, they don't sometimes know how to talk about these beauty services. So you kind of have to give them short little snippets or sound bites of how to explain it and things to say. That's a great idea. I mean, if I were to promote you as a PMU right now, I really wouldn't know what to say. I would be like, she does permanent makeup guys. And that's not really great messaging, right? <laughs> it's not right. enough. So right. yeah, I think that's a great idea saying, by the way, when you refer to me, here are some things or some values that what clients are looking for. These are some of the unique selling points of me that help people. And then maybe what are some of those benefits that clients get? So that way you can give them some of the words to say. So when next time I run into someone who needs PMU, I'd be like, well, I actually know this gal, April, amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a, someone I just met really kind of cool. And she's done this and does and that. And that way they have like, at least something that they can rely on because you're right just having people make up why you're so amazing on the referral is probably leaving people a little empty-handed like they're just not equipped well to take care of you yeah and paul what you said there was so it was golden because when you're giving them you're talking about the benefits which is really what you want to focus on you want them to talk about the benefits just give them two or three bullet points of benefits right of who it's for how it helps them and how you're unique And don't think you're going to send them over your bio. They're going to read it and memorize it. There is somebody that says, make it obvious for the oblivious. Hmm. That's great. Just really simplify it. And so they can say, okay, this is who it's for. This is how it helps them. And this is why they should come to me, why I'm unique. And then maybe a reason to act now, like a special or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a special. That's a great idea. Equip them with some. By the way, right now, if you go book, I have this little discount code. That way they can track you, right? Because you want want to have some way of tracking it. So they get a discount code, you know, Paul Lashes 25, and it gives you 25% off of April's thing. And so I hand it to them. And then, you know, I referred you, so you can give me my $2,000 kickback. And on top of that, you know what to do and take care of it so the client's more engaged. So I think that's really... Um, and that one thing that's really important also, which we didn't talk about that, the whole idea of tracking, right? I think that's something, I don't know if you have any tips on that. Cause I think that's something that you really need to be able to do. Yeah. You can't grow what you can't measure. You're not going to know who's referring you. Is this partnership really working out? Is it not working out? I mean, I think that everybody should be asking, how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. And people might say social media or Google, and you might have that on your intake form. But then the follow-up question was, was there a place that you heard about me before that? Because usually there is something that then takes them to Google, or usually there is something that takes them to the social media, right? And so really kind of knowing where that source is coming from so that you can track it, because definitely, especially if you're comp- if you're doing the compensation, you absolutely have to track it. Even if you're not, I think you just want to. It's just good business. Yeah. Tracking is everything. And I think if you don't do tracking, don't have some system in place. And it can be as simple as business cards. When you give them to the different partners you have, just has that and they can just write their name on it so the client knows bring it in. Or you give them a code. Like I know if you're doing everything digitally now, 
you just give them their own secret code that they have. So when someone books online, they can type in the name or code or whatever, and they get, you know, there's many ways of doing this, but just remember, you need to track it. That's the key. That's Find right. a way to track it. Otherwise you're yeah. kind of wasting time. You could even give them their own pretty link or their own bit.ly link. And you can then track those bit.ly links from, if you were going to do it that way. So you can go old school and do referral cards, but sometimes people lose those cards, right? There's several ways of tracking it, but you definitely want to make sure who's sending you what. And, um, and then also thank them. I used to say to my clients, like, um, who can I thank for you coming in today? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, because they like that. I'm going to thank that person. Yeah. And I didn't always do this. So I have to admit, I didn't always, but when I was not as busy at the beginning, I would write a thank you card to that person and say, thank you for sending this client to me. Also, another thing that we didn't do, because we for us, referrals were mostly people. I mean, in the beginning, Tesla got a lot of companies that did it. But once we got off that, we really just got worked it out so our own clientele became our biggest referral source. But in the beginning, we definitely did this with other doctors and so forth. But also show appreciation, right? Like you just said, you need to reach out and say thank you. But I didn't think once or twice a year, if they're sending you a lot of clients, like you're, you got this doctor just pouring you five, six clients a month, making you tens of not hundreds of thousands of dollars. You should be sending something back for all that more than just other referrals, but maybe a nice gift package, a nice bottle of wine, something to just let them know that you're thinking about them and appreciate them. Otherwise, people after a while feel like they're, you just don't care, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but that does two things. One, it's just good manners, right? Like it's just, it's just the right thing to do, be a good human. But the second thing is it puts you back on their radar right? Because you get that card, they're like, oh, and they get that, you know, box of chocolates or they get something, right? And then they share it in the office. Who brought this in? Oh, the lash artist. Oh, that's right, Sarah. She's so fantastic. Look, she gave us this, goes in the break room. Everybody's talking about you. They might even refer you that day a little bit more. The other thing is that you will know that some relationships and collaborations, they just don't get off the ground and then others will soar, right? And so don't worry about the ones that don't get off the ground, right? The ones that are soaring, put your energy into that, right? Put your time and, and all of your love into those that are really working. Yeah, you'll need 80 referral sources. If you're a single artist, especially, if, in fact, you'll be turning people away, which is a good problem. But that said, really, I mean, for us, we had a salon about 13 stylists working. I, gosh, I think we had maybe five or six major referral sources outside of our own clients, but just, you know, other companies nearby in Pasadena that referred to us. And that, that was it. There wasn't like this long 80 people. And we probably got 60 to 80 new people in every month. And that was from many, many sources, but one of them was referrals. So, I mean, for you, if you're starting, you don't have to think about, oh my gosh, sounds like I have to have like 18 people on my list. No, you probably start in the beginning, you reach out three or four, and then one probably doesn't even work out and you d double down on the two or three that are working. And then if that's not enough, then maybe add one more and just kind of grow it from there organically. It doesn't have to be this huge undertaking. We have to have 18 salons, five doctors, <laughs> a med spa and all that. That's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. You know, just like you were talking about, you have a referral program with your clients and you would like them to promote you. You're going to think about this strategically of how this partnership, you know, have a plan put in place of how this partnership is going to look and expect to take a little bit of time to develop it as you work through it. And then, you know, to really give it the attention and, and that way, because like, remember, it's not just about one, like, for example, you have one client, they might refer two or three of their friends. You're talking about one referral partner that is going to refer 
a lot of people. So the time spent to nurture the relationship is going to come back to you like many times over. It's like anything in life. I mean, people, I think now feel like with Instagram, everything should be instantaneous and it's just not, it's just about being patient. Another big Gary theme, being patient, doing the work. I always like to say Seth Godin is one of my heroes. He says, you know, carry the water, chop the wood every day. And before you know it, you look back over a year and you've done a lot of work, but the thing is you have to do it every day. So with these referral systems, you just do a little bit of connecting, a little bit of referring to them too. If you have a give and take relationship and cut to a year from now, all of a sudden you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I got four or five people that are referring almost every month, three or four people each. And you're a busy lifestyleist with no worries about it. This, this is your pipeline you've created. And then that's when you start talking about raising your prices regularly. (laughs) And those clients then bring you more clients. So then it starts to snowball, right? This is where, when building a business and instead of just trying to get blood from a turnip at the beginning, like just squeezing that Instagram for all it's worth, you can broaden your horizons and think like there are other sources to get clients and, Um, It does take a little bit of stepping outside of your comfort zone, but once you do it and you have that success, that's going to give you the confidence to go for the next one. And I think that's probably the biggest obstacle. I bet a lot of people who are scared of making that connection to reaching out to someone they never met. Now, maybe they, okay, okay, I got a couple of people and do the hot calls. I got my derm, I got my orthodontist, whatever. They feel a few people they know. But outside that, then they start getting nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get out there. And the answer is, yeah, but just do one. Like, Yeah, just do one. Just do one and plan it out. Like you said, script it, right? Practice it with your friend, maybe, whatever, just so you can get used to it. And don't worry, it's not the end of the world to say, no, there's plenty more options out there. Someone will say yes, because you're, again, you're going to bring them value too, right? You're not just there asking, send me clients. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, I do have a system for my students that I walk, I always say it's like a recipe. It's a step-by-step. I give them scripts and I give them my whole system and the spreadsheets and the easy way to track it. But anybody can do it, right? If you can talk to people, right, you can get out and do this, right? You don't even need an internet connection. You can, you know, um, just get out and do it. But I do, and to be fair, have like a system to make it a little bit easier, like a recipe, but this is doable. Well, that's why you have a coach. You want a coach. You want people who are there to cheer you along, show you the pathway. In the end, you still have to do the work, but at least they can help you guide you through all that and also be there to hold you accountable. So, you know, that's a good reason. Which brings us, why don't we just get into that real quickly? What Let's tell us a little bit what where people can find you and maybe a little bit about your coaching and all that you offer. Cause I know maybe they've listened to you here today and maybe they want to give you a call and uh, see more about what you offer. Oh, thank you so much, Paul. Yes. Yeah, so I can be found on all the social platforms at April Meese incorporated on clubhouse. I'm at beauty marketing. I couldn't believe I got that, but I did. Wow. That's actually amazing. <laughs> you got in early. <laughs> I got it. But yeah, so April Meese incorporated on, on the social platforms. And the thing about the beauty business is that there's so much potential, right? And I think with owning a beauty business, there are so many decisions to make. And I think that part can be overwhelming because you never know what is the right path. What is going to take you there? What is going to be a long winding road and going to waste time or money? So having somebody, like you said, Paul, that has kind of walked through it and said, hey, don't step here, step here, invest in this. As I mentioned before, I have the Amplify Method. So we work on your offer and your unique proposition and how you can really stand out in the marketplace. We talk about your marketing message and overcoming objections for the clients. And then we get into 
Authority Referral Partners, which is my whole system. And then the other thing I always recommend is video. Promote your brand because it's it's big. And so that is the Elevate Your Beauty Business program. We are not open all the time. It's a group coaching program. And since I'm really in it with the community, I make sure that I'm with them. I don't take a large amount of people. I'm making sure that uh, I'm able to walk them through that growth. And that's why we've had I always say with the Amplify method, you can increase your income up to 50% because we've had major testimonials because I am coaching them through. So it's not just like an online course. It's really the coaching with it. But so if you have any questions, you can DM me or reach out to me. So that's how you can find me. Can I just give you a huge shout out on this? I'm so glad to hear you be so like normal. You didn't oversell it by saying, you see this all the time. I'm going to 10X, I'm going to 5X, I'm going to 100X your business. And you're like, I'm going to give you 50% improvement, which by the way, is huge. That's a big improvement, but that's realistic. I just shake my head with some of these coaches and training programs. I see you'll make 10 times what I make. I'm like, really? 10 times? I mean- we're making 80,000. You're going to make me $800,000 working as a single practitioner doing lashes. No offense, yeah. but there's maybe no one I think in America making $800,000 a year working, you know, 40 hours a week doing lashes. That's, that's pretty insane. That's, that's like you're charging $5,000 for an appointment. But that said, yeah. to me, that just all the more validates your message that you're the real deal. Thank you. You're not overselling yourself, which just tends to be what I think Instagram's about. It's like promise the world. And I always say under promise and over deliver. Yeah. Everyone will be happy. It's That's right. The other way around. Well, like we said, you know, expectations are future heartbreaks. So yeah. you have to make sure to manage that. And, and really, realistically, I say to my students, like, I've done it. I can help you get there. But you're going to have to do the work. I will help you and help you also get past a lot of what I call your blind spots. And they're blind spots for a reason because we don't, and we all have them. Like I have my coach. We talked about that beforehand. We both have a coach that helps us because you've probably heard the expression, another level, another devil. And it's just like each we have, I call it the little inner mean girl that talks to me and says, who are you to be doing that? Or who do you I have her too, by the way. (laughs) I don't have a guy in my life. I have an inner mean girl. It's just not fair. (laughs) And so we all need that to say, look, I, somebody that says, I see greatness in you and help you, you know, have that confidence and hold space for you. So. And that's what a coach does too. I mean, just having that person on your side. I mean, when I had our salon for six years, we had strategies as a coaching company be there with, for us. And just having that person, I knew every two weeks, I can sit down on a phone call for an hour and just download and just know they would build me back up, say, all right, get back in there. It's like a coming off the field, right? You're exhausted. You just blew a play and you go on the coach and the coach sits there and says, no, 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 this is what you're going to do. We're going to do it. Boom, boom, boom. You're out there. Get out. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it again. And then eventually yeah. you do succeed. It just takes, you know, sometimes it takes a couple tries. <laughs> and just getting that clarity because we can sit in indecision for a really long time. Like we can sit there thinking what is the right decision and indecision is a bad decision. Yeah, right? You're like still making a decision. You're just not yeah, moving forward. You're yeah. stuck. There's an expression like playing not to lose is how you lose. But having somebody say, look, what do you really want? And helping you, you get that clarity. And so then you're like, wow, now I can move forward because we don't realize how we'll just hold ourselves back or, or stay stuck. Yeah. So. Well, great guys. Hopefully you definitely give her a follow and check her out. I, even though she's in PMU world, I'm pretty sure lashes are something she it's business is business you can help pretty much anyone so That's right. it doesn't matter you don't have to find a, a lash coach specifically so yeah hopefully you guys you'll follow her otherwise thank you so much april for coming on our show and uh giving us all your tips and all that 
Oh my gosh, it was totally my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last chum, Tusney, as well as our special guest, April, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 